You're listening to Life UPC Richmond Hills Audiocast. God, you are so perfect in all of your ways, God. Lord, I know, God. I know there's not none of us here that are perfect, God, but you are, Lord. You are so perfect in all of your ways, oh God. You're a great Father. You're an awesome Father, our Heavenly Father, and we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for being our Heavenly Father, our one true God, our King of kings, our sacrificial lamb for our salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much, oh God. Oh, praise him. Can we just give him a hand clap of praise this morning? Glory, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Happy Father's Day, everyone. This is a wonderful, wonderful day to celebrate not only your far fathers, but our heavenly father as well. Praise God. But also, we do have a birthday coming up, I think. Is it somebody? Did we? It was somebody's birthday, I think, tomorrow. Was was it somebody's birthday? No, I guess. Oh, tomorrow? There was nobody's birthday tomorrow? I, I thought there was somebody's birthday tomorrow. Oh, it's Caleb's? Caleb, it's your birthday tomorrow? Well, guess what? Come on up here, buddy. I got something for you. For your birthday from the church. It's good to see you, buddy. All right, come here. <laughs> praise God, praise God. And also, we do have something for our fathers this day on this wonderful Father's Day. Um, if I could just ask for all of our fathers to please stand. All of our fathers, everybody. If you're a father, stand up. There you go. All right. We do have a gift for our fathers today, and Sister Talia is going to hand those gifts out. And also, we do, it went over so well on Mother's Day. Everybody loved the games and, and the coolness on, that we did on Mother's Day and the giveaway, so we're doing it again for Father's Day. Amen? Praise God. And Sister Warner is going to come up here, and she's got a couple games and a, and a drawing we're going to do. Praise God. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. God is so good to us. He's the greatest father of them all. He is. Okay, we're going to do a drawing right now. Let's see who's going to win. <laughs> Brother Chris won. Yay! <laughs> now we're going to do the wallet and pocket game. Who's ready? <laughs> okay. Credit card? You have a credit card. Maybe Okay, credit card in can be in your pocket or wallet. <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess just keep everything out so you know what you got <laughs> instead of writing it down. Uh, we got to think about that. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, you have a picture? <laughs> no, has to be a picture. Okay, works. People don't carry pictures anymore in their wallets because we all have them on their phone. <laughs> so really you don't carry pictures anymore in your wallet. $5 bill. Thank <laughs> you. 
And a pocket change. <laughs> and your wallet or pocket. Change, you have any kind of change. Pocket knife. And this one, I don't know. Guys probably don't carry this around. Ladies probably do. Nail clippers. <laughs> Driver's license. I'm hoping everyone have their driver's license. A church card. Church card. Oh well, it'll. I think it will. Um, chapstick. He always has chapstick. Keys. Yeah, I love it. So, who had the most? I guess. I got the most. I got three, four, five. Five. Anybody beat five? Two. Man. I think, yep. Brother Conaway. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, now we have the sock contest. Sister Tammy, Shakira, and Ty is going to be the judge. So y'all come up here, look at their socks. <laughs> get up, get up and watch, show your socks, ever to all of them. Show your socks. Stand up here and show your socks. Right here. Your legs up. Yeah, your pant leg up. Show your socks. So, yeah. So y'all. I guess and see who's a win. Brother Russ won again. Yay! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Russ is killing it today. Killing it. The double winner on us. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I thought for sure I had the, the enough stuff in my pocket. But, you know, it's Sister Warner's fault because she... She drove today, and I left my keys in the house. So if I had them keys, I could have tied him. But <laughs> Praise the Lord, everyone. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this, after, this morning. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up another day and giving us life and breath, oh, God. What a wonderful and awesome God we serve. Hallelujah. He is a mighty, a mighty and awesome God. Praise the Lord. Can we just give him some praise this morning? Can we just lift up our voices unto him? The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the heavenly Father, hallelujah, Jesus. He's always looking out for us. He's always providing us, hallelujah. He delivers us out of the darkness that we were in. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Glory to God. What a mighty and awesome God we serve. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up today, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I do have a message for you guys this morning, but also I've asked for Brother Conway to help me preach this morning. To We're going to double team with you guys. We're going to tag team on you guys because I got a short message. He has a short message. I promise we're not going to be here for two hours, okay? Just for an hour and 50 minutes. Praise God. Brother Russ, come on up and, and give us a word this morning. Thank you, Lord. 
Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. The Lord. There it is. I'll tell you what. Oops, sorry, brother. I told um, my wife, I said, last time I was worried I was going to go over. This time I brought a pocket watch. That way I would not go over my dedicated time today, guys. So the Lord has been good to us. I hope he has been good to everybody today. Again, I know we've already said Happy Father's Day, but you can never say it enough because there's one person that I feel like to me sometimes doesn't want the recognition but honestly deserves it as the dads because dads do everything to take care of their wives and their families. And dads always make that sacrifice when it comes down to that last steak, when it comes down to that last meal. The kids always get it, and the dads look back and say, I'm full. But in reality, that dad's tummy is growling. So I want to say thank you again to all of our fathers. Thank you again to our pastor for being our pastor in this church. It's a great honor to be up here, and I am truly thankful for everything that pastor and his family is doing for us. Today, we're going to be reading... From the scripture, Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 28, if you are able to stand for the reading of the word, it's not a long one, I promise you, and as soon as I'm finished with this, we can all sit down. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Today, the title of my message is going to be Heavenly Father's Day. Heavenly Father's Day. Pastor, if you don't mind saying a prayer for the service today, sir. Lord Jesus, we pray right now, God, that you continue to minister in our lives this morning, God. We pray, Lord, that you anointing to be upon our ears this morning, that we may hear the word that you have for us today, God. Anoint the speaker today, God, that he may minister your word unto us, God. We love you, we praise you, and we magnify you in the mighty and awesome and powerful name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say amen. Hallelujah. So. This is probably going to be a given question, and I'm sure I'm going to get some hands, and nobody has to feel like you don't know or know. So if you don't know, you're welcome to raise your hand anyway. But does anybody know what the definition of a father is? You can just raise your hand if you do. If you don't, still raise your hand. It's no big deal. I'm going to tell you what it is, because I honestly thought it was just a simple definition. But when I went to my good old brother Webster, I uh, looked up what the definition of the father was. And it says in... The definition, by the way, this is not a biblical definition. This is not a Christian definition. This is what the world classifies, what the definition of a father is. A father is the male parent of a child. Besides the paternal bonds of a father to his children, the father may have a parental, legal, and social relationship with the child that carries with it certain rights and obligations. So when I read that immediately, that means that not only are we a father to our own biological children, but any parental, legal, or social relationship. You know, we always do baby dedications. They are awesome. They are great. Uh, I, I, I loved being able to be there with both my boys. But you know, I love baby dedications for two reasons. One, we're bringing another person into the house of God. But two, the man of God will stay up here. And the man of God will say, does the church commit to this child? I take that quite serious because you know what? It says that the definition of the father is not just parental or legal, but a social responsibility, a social relationship. That means every single one of these kids in here, us dads, we have a responsibility to try to help them in a time of need. There might be some times that some kids may go to somebody else besides their own dad because they don't know what to say or what to do. And we need to be the men of God, the fathers of the church, and we need to be prepared to carry out that task. That's our duty. That's our responsibility as a father. Some people aren't blessed with a dad. Some people are coming into this world without a father. I couldn't even begin to fathom what my life would be like without a father. I am truly blessed that God was able to give me a dad. 
For those of you who might think sometimes that dads can be hard, let me tell you right now, it's actually not a hard position. It's actually a very difficult one because the father has to make decisions sometimes that nobody else wants to make. The father has to make the decision sometimes to say, go clean your room. Well, daddy, I don't want to. Go clean it anyway. Well, why? Because I said so. The great words that were ever mentioned behind a title of a father because I said so. And now we'd always say, well, that doesn't make any sense to me because what does I said so have to do with me cleaning up my room? Well, in a bigger answer, we're trying to prepare you for life. Really and truly it is. Does that mean that Brother Russ goes home and cleans his room? Sometimes. My wife beats me to it most of the time. But I do my best to try to instill good morals and values. Those morals and values, I didn't create. I didn't make them up. Guess who taught them to me? My father. And guess who taught him? His father. A social relationship that carries with it certain rights and obligations. As a father, we have a responsibility to our children. But not only are we responsible for our children, but like I mentioned, we have a duty to our kids. That sounds like a big responsibility. The day that I became a dad, I had a rush of emotions going through my mind. And for those of you who have already been a father, I know you guys, we can't really talk about it because men are like, <clears throat> we're all big, strong. We don't talk about our feelings. I won't tell you how we feel, but I'll tell you right now. And I, I, I challenge any father to tell me I'm wrong, but there is nothing, there is nothing greater than holding your newborn baby in your arms and looking down and seeing this life being brought into the world. It's a wonderful feeling, and it's a feeling that I cannot explain. Women have their moments of happiness with the child as they carry it. They carry it for nine months. But the father's job is for the rest of that child's life. It doesn't end when that child turns 18. It doesn't stop the moment that child moves out the house. We are fathers until the day we die. But Brother Russ, my child's over 18. He don't listen to me. How am I supposed to be a father? Well, I always go to the Bible. And I always look and see what the Bible says about being a father. And every single one of these fathers in the Bible live by example. And that's what we are supposed to do, is live by example. Does that mean we make mistakes? Oh, yeah. Does that mean that I'm the perfect dad? Nope. Does that mean I learn? Yep. And sometimes we learn, and the kids don't even know it. Mom and dad can't tell you we made a mistake sometimes. You know why? Because we are still learning ourselves how to communicate. Nobody wrote a manual telling you how to be a perfect dad, but the book tells you what to do in times of need. What do you do if they come to you with advice and you don't have an answer? Go to the Bible. What about when they get married and they seek for advice about being a husband or worse, a father? Go to the Bible. I'm sure that as dads, we've had these thoughts rush our minds at least once. I know I have. Maybe you've um, lost sleep at night worried about how you were going to pay a bill or to provide for your family. I often think about all the fathers in the Bible, and I wrestled with all the dads. I mean, there's so many great dads that I could have gone after. Joseph, the father of Jesus. I mean, come on, that's a winner right there, right? Look about Noah. What about Moses? What about Abraham? But for some reason, I don't know why, God kept me going back to the book of Genesis, the first father, Adam. I don't know why God wanted me to go there for. So I prayed and I said, Lord, Joseph sounds so much better than Adam right about now. I mean, it's the father of Jesus. Come on, how much awesome is that? And God said, go to Adam. So I went to Adam. And uh, I thought to myself, I said, you know, actually, I think I see why God's trying to show me Adam because Adam didn't have a father. He didn't have a biological dad. He didn't have a dad to take him playing sports and baseball or whatever they did back in those days in the Garden of Eden. Who knows what they did? The Bible doesn't give us a timeline of how long they were in the garden. I mean, they knew what fruit to eat and what fruit not to eat. So to me, that feels like they must have been in the garden a long time to know what they could and could not do. And the Bible said that Jesus walked or God walked with Adam. So to me, that sounds like that's a lot. I mean, every day, God, let's go for a walk. You know, he walked with God daily, daily. When Adam was blessed with his first child, he had Cain. Man, I can imagine the questions he probably had about that. 
I mean, I know I had questions. I called my dad. Said, "Dad, you know, he won't stop crying. What do you do?" Dad said, "Give him Benadryl." That's a joke. I didn't give my my kid Benadryl, but my dad was joking. He said, "Give him Benadryl. It works great on kids." But I had somebody to go to. I had a father I could look up to. Adam had no no dad. And I'm sure that what weighed on his mind every single day, because we are human, and we have the same weight on our minds, so I can only assume that as a father he might have had the same thought. But I could only imagine what was going through his mind every single time he thought about how he got banned from the Garden of Eden for a mistake that he made. We often wrestle with those very thoughts of when we make mistakes. How many times have we made a mistake and think, well, I can't take my family to Chuck E. Cheese and use the bill money and then pay a bill. Don't work that way. You have to learn from your mistakes. And Adam had a lot of mistakes he made but he had to learn from them. Here he is faced with having to survive on his own. They didn't have electricity. They didn't have running water or air conditioning or grocery stores to go get food. He truly had to survive in the wilderness on his own. I'm sure God taught him how to, though, because to me, I don't see God being the kind of God that he is where he seeks after his children in every single scripture, but he left Adam and Eve abandoned in the wilderness. I don't see it. The scriptures are very vague on what God did, but if you guys bear with me, I'm going to show you some examples in the Bible where I believe God stayed with Adam, and I believe he was there as not only his biological father, because he did create Adam, but he was also there for his heavenly father. So here he has a newborn son to take care of, and he needed to be a good role model. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm Brother Reese when I say I sometimes have a little bit of an interesting imagination when it comes to thinking about how things would be. But I often wonder if Cain was sitting there by the creek fishing with his dad, and he asked his dad, um, Dad, tell me the story again on how you got kicked out of Eden. I mean, I've often wondered, could Cain, would Cain have known his dad and mom came from Eden? Would they have told him the story so that they could learn from their mistakes, just like we parents try to tell our children, don't do this. Why, Dad? Well, because I stuck my finger in a light socket when I was a kid, and I got shocked, so don't do it. Don't touch that iron, son. You'll get burned. Don't forget to take out the trash, because if you don't, guess what? we got to wait seven more days for them to come back and pick up the trash. We learn from our mistakes. We are creatures of habit. Well, we had to learn from someone. I learned from my dad. He learned from his dad. He learned from his dad. Just a thought. And we all know that kids always ask those awkward questions at the most awkward times. Adam knew that the decisions that he made further would have great consequences on his family. He learned from his mistakes, and he knew the next one he made, it could cost him their life. This is something that surely weighed on his mind at times. However, considering the hardship that Adam was faced with and all his decisions, he kept a relationship with God. And I'm going to show you. The Bible doesn't say anything about God and Adam's relationship after the fall. But it does say this in Genesis 4, 3 through 6. Sister Shakir is on top of it today. I love it. Genesis 4, 3 through 6. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. In verse 4, it says, And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offerings. In verse 5, it goes on and it says, But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. In verse 6, and the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? Do you all just see what I just saw there? God is talking to Cain. He is having a conversation with Cain. Now, if, if God never conversed with Adam and Eve after the fall, and I was a father and I had a son named Cain, and he was out doing what he did, and Abel's out doing what he did, and all of a sudden some voice started talking to him, can you imagine how scared he was? What, what, what is that? But here we are seeing them building up an offering to the Lord. That means they had to know the instructions. They had to know what to do. Cain made a mistake because the Lord called him on it. So therefore, he knew what he was doing was wrong. And he asked him, what's wrong, Cain? When I saw this, I was just smiling from here. I'm thinking, that's our God. Even during Adam and Eve's biggest mistake of their life, he never let them astray. And Adam... 
continued his faith in God by showing his children how to give a correct offering to the Lord. I mean, that's just, that just, that just made me feel so humble and so loved to think that our Heavenly Father loves us so much that even after our mistake, after committing what probably would have been the biggest mistake of their lives at that time, here they bit the fruit of the, the tree of good and evil. They were banished from Eden. They couldn't go back there because if they did and they would have had to eat the tree of life, they would have been living in sin forever without God being able to save them. So what does God do? He puts an angel to guard it, and they're constantly able to see this angel because it says that they could see the angel with the flaming sword. So every single time they go there and they see it, they're constantly reminded of their mistake. That was a place that I had. I let it go. I lost it. But my God loved me so much that not only did he make me coats of skin to clothe me, because that's my God. He could have left them wander the wilderness naked if he wanted to. He didn't have to do none of the stuff he did. But he shows how much he cared for them by showing them this is what you need to do. And this is what you have to continue to do. I'm trying to hurry up here, guys. I'm so sorry. He loved them enough that he taught his boys what they needed to do. Adam taught his boys how to make a proper offering to God and how to have a conversation with him, which shows us again, like I said, that God had a conversation with Adam. That same heavenly father that loved them then still loves us now. Well, how do you know that, Brother Russ? Well, it says so in Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That same heavenly father that was helping Adam and Eve back at the beginning is the same heavenly father we have today. The same heavenly father. My dad could disown me tomorrow. I hope he don't. My, God, my dad could disown me tomorrow. I never want to have nothing to do with me. But my heavenly father will always be there for me. He will never forsake me. 1 Kings 8.57, the Lord our God be with us. As he was with our fathers, let him not leave us nor forsake us. Our Heavenly Father will never forsake us. He will always be there for us. And one day we are going to be able to see him and his glory. And he will be able to eat with him. We will be able to worship him and walk through the streets of gold with him. We will be united with our Heavenly Father, the one who created us. I don't know about you all, but when I think about that moment, I can't help but get excited and happy. Today, we celebrate Father's Day for all our dads who have been there for us and have supported us. However, I want to go one step further, and I want us to celebrate Father's Day a bit different this year. Let's celebrate Heavenly Father's Day. And let's give God the recognition that he deserves for always being there for us and always being the father that we need him to be in the time of need and not the dad that he, we want him to be, but the dad he should be. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father will never leave us nor forsake us. He will always be there for us. Amen. Just like uh, Brother Conway was talking about, you know, sometimes we we may have lost our father and they're not going to be around for us anymore. Sometimes they may have left us and sometimes things, all kinds of things happen. But one thing's for certain, our Heavenly Father will always be there for us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. So if you don't have your father with you in your life right now, you always have your heavenly father in your life. Amen. And he guides us with godly wisdom and, and, and godly understanding. That's what we really need. Amen. Praise God. What a mighty and awesome God we serve. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. <clears throat> and I like that definition. Uh, actually, can you read that definition again from uh, 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 Brother Webster? Um, was that Brother Webster down in uh, Brunswick or is that Brother Webster in the, um, the, the definition? Oh, the, the guy, the, the, um, the dictionary guy. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Go ahead, read that de definition again, especially the last part of it. I think it was. Uh... Sorry. Go ahead. It, um. I'm trying to get it. I'm so sorry. That's all right. That's all right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, golly, I thought I had it. And I can't find it now. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I think it was something to affect. It was a male parent. Um, it was the last part of it that he he is uh oh. 
He's connected to us. It was that. It was that part. How he's connected to Parental, us. He's connected to legal us and social, legally and socially. Right, legally, he's connected to us. And and what else was it? Social relationship. But the other one. A uh, parental. 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 Uh, he's connected to us parentally, legally, and socially. Right. Mm-hmm. Praise God. I do like that definition. So, <clears throat> you can, if if you have a father, and they are connected to you. Uh, legally, right? Just say they're connected to you legally, but they still don't have to always be there for you, right? They could be connected to you legally, but never there for you, never part of your life. Um, parentally, same thing, right? They could they could be your real legal and uh, um, um, physical parent, right? But they could still. They might not be, or they may have been taken away at an early age. Who knows? And, and and I really like the one socially, too. Socially connected that way. Because uh, that one, they have to be a part of your life, right? And I just think, I, I love that definition because when I think of God, our Heavenly Father, He is connected to us parentally because we are all His children, Children of the Most High God, right? And I, and I like that we, we are connected to him legally as well because we have taken on his name, amen? The name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. When we're baptized in the name of Jesus, we take upon his name, amen, and we're connected to him legally, amen? Praise God. <clears throat> and then there's socially, socially. He's always there for us, never leave us, never forsake us. He is always there. But the only time that we're not connected with him socially is if we ourselves choose not to be close to him, right? See, when we choose to be close to him, he's standing right there. He never left. He's always right there waiting for us to lift us back up. Amen. So I do love that definition. That's pretty good, actually, even though it's a secular definition. But <clears throat> praise God. I want to read to you guys from second. And it's going kind of close to where I'm going today. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 18. And as well as Psalms chapter 103, I'm reading from chapter 13 and 14. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 18, it says, and will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters. See, there you go right there. God said, you are my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Amen. That's why he's our heavenly father. Each and every single one of us, we are his sons and his daughters. Sons and daughters of the most high king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. That makes us royalty. Amen. That makes us princes. Amen. And princesses. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because we are heirs to the Most High King. Thank you, Jesus. In Psalms chapter 103, and now I'm reading from the ISV version because I like the word compassion that it uses here instead of, I think, in the King James Version, it it used uh, pity. And, And I like compassion better than pity. So it says in Psalms 103, Verse 13, as a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. Okay, and then it says, for he knows how we are formed, aware that we were made from dust. I want to talk to you guys this morning about the fixer, the fixer. That's who God is. He's the the true fixer. You see, when I think of fathers, see, it's Father's Day today, and when I think of fathers and and what we do, we like to fix things, right? How how many fathers we have in here? Four fathers in here, amen? So do you not like to fix things? And I'm not talking about just, I'm not talking about uh, carpentry or, or fixing the car. I'm talking about when something is wrong in your household, right? Just say something is wrong with your your spouse, okay, or your children. Just say something went wrong and they're not happy and and they come to you complaining about this and about that. We tend to want to fix it, right? That's just how fathers are. That's how men are. We want to fix it. And sometimes, and and I heard somebody say this one time, sometimes the ladies, they're just venting. They, They don't want you to fix it, right? But it's just how we're built. 
we're, it's how we're built. And so I was looking for, <clears throat> I was trying to think of a, a good uh, background, as you can see. And, and I got tools on here because we like to fix everything. We just like to fix everything. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. We can't always fix everything. And it's really difficult for us to understand that. It's really difficult for us to accept that as fathers. We want to fix everything in our families' lives, in our, in our spouses, and in our children, and, and even people around us. We want to fix it. We want to fix it, but yet we can't always fix it. Some things can't be fixed by us, but I can tell you who can fix everything, and that is Jesus, our Heavenly Father. There is nothing that is too hard for him, too great for him. He can fix everything in our lives everything it doesn't matter what's going on now the world throws stuff at you and life happens like I always say it, it rains on the just and the unjust but when you <clears throat> lean towards your heavenly father and you obey his word and you seek his face he can fix everything for you everything for you he is the great fixer and I'm talking about everything in your life emotional uh, uh, spiritual, just everything in your life. God can fix. He can fix. Now, the opening scripture I shared with you in from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it, it says in uh, verse 18, <clears throat> I read to you verse 18, it said, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. But listen to this. When you read before that, if you read verse 17, go to verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, wherefore come out from among them. Wherefore come out from among them. Okay, what's he talking about? He's talking about the world, the worldly stuff. Wherefore, come out from among them. You see, he tells us in 18, I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. But before that, he says, wherefore, come out from among them. You see, we can't be living for the world and living for God in the same time because it doesn't work that way. You've got to choose one, amen? Either you live for the world or you live for God. You cannot stand on the fence and, and be straddling and lean on this side one time and this side the other way. Choose you this day whom you serve, amen? That's for me and my house. I choose to serve the Lord. Praise God. <clears throat> and then he says, wherefore, come out from among them. Be you separate. Be separate from the world. Don't be like the world. Be different from the world. How is anybody going to know you live for God if you look and act and, and, and talk just like the world does? Amen. He wants you to be separate, to be different from the world. He wants us to be different from the world. We can't treat everybody just when I go when I go to the store and to work and I always see people that they just treat people terribly always lashing out on them and 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 and, and I know we get angry sometimes the Bible says be angry but sin not we can't be treating everybody like everybody else does if we do that or or the way we talk the way we speak to people the way we can't be talking like the world talks and and just the way we dress, amen? The world will tell you you need to, to dress all sensual and, and, and immodest and immorally, and, but we dress modestly. We cover our bodies, amen? Because God has called us to be separate, to be different than the world. They're not going to know you from anybody else that's living for the world if you're not, if, if you're not separate, if you're not different, right? He said, wherefore, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord, and not and touch not the unclean things. Don't sin. Don't be wallowing in your sin. Don't keep going back to the same sin that you once were in, that God once delivered you from. Yet you're going to you're going to go back into that sin. No, touch not any unclean thing. Keep out of that sin. <clears throat> and I'm here to tell you, not not all. When we think of sin, we think of, you know, just what God lists as sin. But anything that keeps you from God becomes sin. Amen. And then he says, 
do this, okay? He said, do this. Come out from among them. Come out from the world. Be separate from the world. Don't keep going back to your sin. Don't stay in sin. And he says, if you do this, then I will receive you, he says. I will receive you. Then he says, and will be a father unto you. A heavenly father unto us. See, if we're not seeking him in all of his ways, then we're rejecting him. He's not, he nev- does not reject us. He loves us no matter what. He even loves us when we're in sin. But he does get disappointed. He never leaves us, though. He never forsakes us. He will always be there for us. But we have to accept him. We can't reject him. If we reject him... We're away from him. We're apart from him. He's always there for us, though, waiting for us. Then we go to Psalms 103. I'm going to back up because I read to you from, I believe it was, what, 14 and 15 uh, or 13 and 14. I'm going to back up, and now I'm back into the King James Version, reading to you from Psalms chapter 103. And I'm I'm getting close, I promise. I told you we're only going to be here for two or an hour and 50 minutes, right? Um, Psalms 103. Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul. You see, when, we're, when we get close to God, when we decide that we choose him, amen, because he's already chosen us, and he already loves us. He is our heavenly father. But when we choose him, and we choose to obey him and his word and all of his ways, and we seek him and his face daily, amen, by, and I'm, by that I mean by in prayer, communing with him, talking with him, and listening to him, just like Adam, amen, when he was in the garden, he walked with God daily, and he spoke with God daily, amen. We can do the exact same thing. We don't, we are connected to him. He is there for us. We We can walk with him and talk with him and listen to him. He'll talk to us. Amen. When we do that and we're obeying his commandments. Amen. Then we can say, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, as David said, forget not all his benefits. Don't forget about all his benefits. Oh, come on now. All the benefits, all the promises that he has for us in the Bible, they are yes and amen, not yes and no, yes and maybe, but yes and amen. And it says, who forgiveth all your inequities? Who has forgave for you for all of your inequities? Everything that you have done. It is a... mm, It says, who forgiveth all your inequities, who healeth the diseases. He is our healer. Come on now, somebody. He not only forgives us, but he is a healer. He is a healing God. How many of you in this place have been healed by God? Amen. Praise God. Some of you have been healed by him. You don't even know it. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your healing touch. Who healeth all diseases, he says. Who redeemeth. Oh, come on. How many of you have been redeemed by the one true God? Hallelujah. By his blood, hallelujah, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. He brought us out of the darkness that we once were in and brought us into his marvelous light. How could we not honor him? How can we not praise him and worship him and magnify him? Oh, thank you, Jesus, for being our heavenly father. Hallelujah. It says, who crowneth thee with loving kindness. And tender mercies. And then we go on to verse 5. It says, who satisfy thy mouth with good things. So that... So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Amen. He delivers all of us who are oppressed. Thank you, Jesus. And he says... Who made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. And then in verse 8 it says, the Lord is merciful. Merciful and gracious. I thank God for his grace and his mercy that's renewed every single day in our lives. As long as we have life and breath inside of us, his grace and his mercy is available for us. Now, what does that mean? That What does that mean? Sometimes we slip up. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we fall because we're not perfect like God is. 
He is perfect in all of his ways, but we are not. And he knows, he understands that we may fall. We may trip. We may stumble. Just like, but he's always there to help us. Just like our earthly fathers are here when we trip and we fall when we're children. And they're always there. They, they lift us and pick us back up. And that's how God is. He wants to lift us up. And his grace and his mercy, he is such a, a merciful God. He knows that we're going to fall. And he's always there to forgive us. We just have to seek him in repentance every time. Every time that we fall, we got to turn back to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do what I did, God. And, and see, and I'm not talking about just asking for forgiveness because you can ask for forgiveness knowing that you're still going to go do it again. Lord, forgive me, but I, I know I'm going to do it again next week. No. I'm talking about repentance. See, when we repent, God is merciful, and his grace covers us. We say, God, I know what I did was wrong, and Lord, I don't want to do that again. Can you help me, Jesus? Can you help me, God, to just not ever do it again? I just want to live for you, God. I don't want to stop living for the world and the things of the world. And I want to live for you, God, and his grace and his mercy is right there. He's saying, son, come on up. I got you. I got you. And he lifts us right back up into his grace and his mercy. And then it says in verse 9, <clears throat> he will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our own sins, nor rewarded us according to our inequities. See, he has not dealt with us according to the sins, our past sins, the things that we have done. Because remember what the Bible tells us in uh, 103 verse 11. The next verse, it says, for as heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him, that fear him, revere him, who who seek him in all of his ways. If you truly revere God, you will honor and seek him and seek all of his ways. And then it tells us in verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Thank you, Lord. He has taken them away, completely away. They're no more. Thank you, Lord. We remember, we see it, and, and that, that's very important that we do because we know where he brought us from. But as far as God is concerned, they're gone. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. What a mighty and awesome God we serve. He's our heavenly father. And then it gets to verse 13, and I'm going back to ISV on this one. <clears throat> as a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him, who revere him. For he knows how we were formed. In fact, he formed us. Amen. Every single one of us. He weaved us in our mother's womb. Amen. Praise God. He knows every hair on our head. What a mighty and awesome father we serve. Oh, praise God. And I'm so thankful for our heavenly father. I'm thankful for our earthly fathers as well. We are very important here on earth. And, and we, we look after our children and, and we do the best we can. And, and we want to fix everything. I know we do. And we should want to fix everything, but we can't. And we've got to understand that we can't. We can't do it by ourselves. Amen. We need our heavenly father. We need Jesus. We need his help, his instructions, godly help, godly instructions. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for being our heavenly father in this place. Oh, God, we praise you. We magnify you. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm getting ready to close. If somebody wants to play some altar call music this morning, oh, praise God. We just have to 
know and understand he's always there for us and will never leave us, never forsake us. And he's our heavenly father. He can fix everything in our lives. He can fix everything, not just some things, everything. Thank you, Jesus. But we got to understand we must obey him. We must listen to him just like we have to listen to our earthly father because he, all he wants is what's best for us. Well, our heavenly father, all he wants is what's best for us. And we in every single word in this book is for our benefit. He doesn't give us these commandments and, these, and all these things that we should and shouldn't do just because he does. He does it to protect us. He does it to protect us. So some people, they say, oh, it's too hard to live for God. But it's easy when you understand that he just wants to protect us. Thank you, Jesus. We just have to obey his word. We've got to come out from the world. It tells us in that scripture I read earlier, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Wherefore, come out from among them. Come out from the world. It's so important that we separate ourselves from the rest of the world. They need to see that who we serve, the one and only true God, and that he makes a difference in our lives. Amen. And we are different. We are separate from the world. And touch not any unclean thing. Quit going back to the things that you used to go to. Amen. And then, and then he says, I will be a father unto you. Thank you, Jesus, for being a father unto us today. I just want to open up this altar this morning. I want to encourage you to come down and commune with your heavenly father this morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If, you, if your father's not with you today, your heavenly father's here with you. All you got to do is come down to the altar and make yourself an altar where you're at and commune with him. Seek him. Seek his face this morning. Seek all of his ways. Seek his grace and his mercy. Hallelujah. If there's some unforgiveness in your heart, go before the Lord right now and say, God, oh Lord, if Lord, show me any unforgiveness in my heart, God. If there's some things you're not sure is sin, say God let me know God show me Lord show it to me right now reveal it to me our heavenly father he gives us knowledge and wisdom see our fathers here on earth we can give we can give knowledge and thank you for listening to life UPC Richmond Hills audio cast